0: shifters hope that you enjoyed this rare and infamous moment that combines a first-rate disaster with genuine historical significance but now it's time to take a deep breath and get those cameras out as we prepare to temporally reset you to one of the most fantastic catastrophes in history are you ready
1: Everyone and welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. This is your host Christopher here, as always, with my good friend Tom. Tom, how you doing?
2: Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing
1: really well, and, and I'm very excited because we got a special guest with us t- again today. Uh, he joined us. Uh, wow, it's almost been a couple months ago when we talked about mm-hmm. his film Solid Rock Trust. We got Rick Ives on the line. Well, Rick, welcome a- back.
0: Hello again. <sighs> welcome. And
1: thank you for having me. I'm
0: excited to be with you again to talk about a regular movie tonight.
1: <laughs> uh, yo, I'm thrilled. I almost felt a little bad. I, I really feel like you came on last time and you were kind of really hoping to talk about something other than your film.
0: <laughs> uh, it's fun. I mean, I listen to all these podcast like movie review podcasts anyways, because I just like doing that stuff. And whenever <laughs> I would reach out to people, I'm always like, yeah, come on for a regular episode and then maybe talk about mine too. And then... <laughs> I never get to do that because I always just want to talk about the thing I did. But we're not going to do that too much tonight. You can go back and listen to the episode about Solid Rock Trust. I, don't, I should have checked to <laughs> see what number it was if you want to find out all about a crazy bank heist movie with no bank. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly.
1: Please go back. I'll, in fact, I'll probably throw a link in the show notes just to make it easy for everybody. That would be want to go great. back and listen.
0: We actually <laughs> just landed on YouTube in the last week. So you can watch it there, too, with Abt, Uh nice. if you want. So that'll be updated on the, on the show note link that we'll send out.
1: Yeah, excellent. Good. Uh, I, I, Tom and I both really enjoyed the film. Uh, we said it then and we say it now. Uh,
0: definitely think people should go check that one out. Yeah, thank you. When, when, was, I, when was I here? Was that in like February?
2: Rick, Rick you've always been
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. In spirit. <laughs> uh, you guys have been doing great with the, with the it looked good. <laughs> I listened to well, a couple I It loved looked the, pretty <laughs> I loved the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen one mm-hmm. that, that one has a special place in my heart I do not think I'd like that movie But I have fond memories of watching it Because it came out right when I was a teenager And loved all those characters And man that movie was weird <laughs> yes. It, <laughs>
2: yes And with a lot of these it, we, We're learning very much along the way It's where it hits When you watched it a lot of them they were meant for a certain point in your life and if you're outside of that they don't it's work not work quite for as you. Much.
0: <laughs> yep, I have a lot of those.
1: You know, it's really strange that we've talked about that and it, there, it, there is just got to be this certain sweet spot cuz we've gone back and watched films that we remember watching when when we were a kid uh-huh. and we watched it as an adult and we recognize it as going that doesn't that, just, that that doesn't work. That doesn't hold up. And you, you really actually don't find yourself enjoying it as much as you remembered enjoying it as a kid. But there's other films right.
0: that it's just, no, no, that film is awesome. I love that film. Right, right. I will go to bat over and over again for never ending Story because I watch that on repeat. <laughs> and people are like, how? That's not that good. And I'm like, I've watched it recently and I still really dig it. So... I it, think you're right. Some yeah, of them just it, still work for you for some reason.
2: Well, and that that was one I loved that uh, we, we could still appreciate it, but a- as parents, now you start looking at different elements of that movie, and you're like, man, that kid was a little shit.
0: <laughs> there's some dark stuff in that movie. There really is. Eighties, <laughs> 80s, 80s were a different time. Actually, there's some stuff about Speed Racer that I want to pick a bone with. <laughs> And yeah, opportunity. Yeah, when we get there, we've got a
1: lot of good stuff to talk about on on, on Speed Racer. Some of which I may I. There was one uh, listener comment that I'll probably bring up early because he had something really interesting to talk about and to bring to the table. So when we get there, I might bring that one up a little earlier in the in the show than I normally would.
0: Okay. But what's been going on since then? Anything big? I think n- newsworthy, noteworthy. Uh well I I told um Tom the last episode that I
1: started going back and watching the old uh English version of the anime uh Space Battleship Yamato so Star Blazers. I don't know if you're familiar with that one Rick.
0: Uh uh I've not
2: heard and of that. that. So yeah. immediately following this show you're going to go watch Star Blazers. I will <laughs> definitely look it up.
0: What year what year what era are you talking about? Oh uh,
1: it was late 70s wasn't okay. it? Yeah, I want to say like 78.
0: I've been starting to get into some of those, like, Star Wars knockoffs. I just watched one recently called Ice Pirates. You Remember that one? Oh, heck, I just (laughs) watched that one recently. Yeah, not that long ago. Never seen it before. That movie was nuts. Yes, it was. And for a movie called Ice Pirates starring Ice Pirates, there's very little ice in that movie. (laughs) Very true. But there's space herpes.
1: (laughs) There
2: are. (laughs) are. That's right. See, it, it, if you're branching out in that territory, go find yourself, uh, What what is it, Beyond the Stars? Battle Beyond the Stars? Battle Beyond the Stars. With the
1: female uh, reproductive system in spaceship form?
2: <laughs> yeah. That ship is really weird.
1: Yeah, that's actually a film I will... Uh... I will defend as
0: being enjoyable, despite the fact that it's not a good movie. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I've seen this one. A lot of I actually have seen a lot of these because Mystery Science Theater was all over this kind of stuff, mm. and I watched a lot of that. But they all kind of run together. <laughs> yeah, you know oh, sure. Because I mean? <laughs> some of them look the same. And bad costumes, bad sets. Yes. I want to be Star Wars so so bad. I uh, almost well,
2: nailed enough. it. Star Blazers is seventy nine.
1: Okay. A Battle Beyond the Stars is surprisingly I think some of the sets are actually pretty good. Uh what's his name? Um Titanic. Um James Cameron. James Cameron. Yes, he as a young man, he he actually worked on production design on Battle Beyond
0: the Stars. Uh, that was like one was of his wow. first gigs. Cool. Uh, that but was my it, first boss. Did I tell you guys that? No, really? You worked for James Cameron? First job out of college I landed i just lucked into this job working for his 3d company at the time the 3d boom happened i actually started there the day avatar number one came out
1: i don't know wow. if, you if you mentioned that before that sounds so, vaguely familiar but i don't know if you talked about it on the my cast put in
0: the door it was all the 3d movies that were being made at the time pretty much went through us and i was working on dailies for a lot of them nice that's yeah, very cool yeah some some Not great movies, but some really good ones. (laughs) And unfortunately, you can't really see them in 3D anymore. It's too bad. No, all that time and effort into it and just went away. (laughs)
2: Well, and the nature. Well, uh, he changed 3D. Honestly,
0: that's why it was so cool at the time. Was you couldn't see 3D like that anywhere else, right? And theaters finally had the capability to do it. But, anyways.
1: Yeah, I actually took a pause from that because uh, I also mentioned I read the uh, the Charles Band memoir, uh, "Confessions of a Puppet Master," hmm. and that got me really interested in going back and watching a bunch of Charles Band films. So I've been digging through like the Full Moon catalog and everything, and I've been rewatching all the Trancers films. I know, th- I know
0: that title.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's six of those films. And I remember them being a series of, like, diminishing returns.
0: <laughs> that's the way all the, like, weird horror movies were at the time.
2: And I am correct in my, <laughs> in my memory. <laughs> well, that's what you get when most of your work is straight to video.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: The first three films I still enjoy, the fourth and fifth, are a rough watch. They've got some really great one-liners and stuff from Tim Thomerson, but they're not good. And then uh, the, the sixth film, I had never seen before. And it's, again, it's got some, like, fun situational kind of stuff because the, the character of Jack Death get, you know travels through time through his uh, descendants, or not his descendants, his ancestors, and ends up in his daughter's body. So you got the whole, I'm a guy in a woman's body kind of
0: jokes and stuff. I am looking through this guy's IMDb right now, and I can, like, every once in a while I stumble upon somebody, I can't believe how many credits they have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want to give a ballpark guess on how many movies this guy's produced? Charles
1: Band? Uh, it's got to be a couple hundred by now.
0: 381. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, movie after movie, like, year, still after, year after year after year mm-hmm. after year. It's still going, yep.
1: Yeah, when, well, especially I know when he was involved in, uh, when Full Moon was involved with Paramount Pictures back in the early 90s, they were putting a film out a
0: year. So. Well, he's got easily. to his name, like even 1987 alone. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, <laughs> 11. Yeah. Exactly. No, he's a busy producer, man. You know, he just signs off on, on some of these, but. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very busy man. He's
1: of. kind of like a, a 90s version of Roger Corman, except that Roger Corman was still doing stuff in the 90s too. but <laughs> yeah, no
2: joke. No one can dethrone Roger Corman. <laughs> yeah
1: but it's very much the same sort of uh, career and everything is you know he kind of brings on the, the young talent end up being big stars. I mean one of his earliest films had a Demi Moore mm. who apparently okay. he had an affair with. Well, you
0: know, for if a you short make time. 10 movies a year, eventually you're going to strike <laughs> strike oil. You know? Yeah,
2: when, when you're delivering quantity, not necessarily quality, I, <laughs> occasionally just, there's a diamond in the rough.
0: Just by the probability-wise, like you're bound to find somebody who's going to go on. He,
1: he told a story in the memoir when he uh, produced uh, uh, Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin, I th- or whatever it is. And he cast uh, Richard Mall. Oh wow in, in, in the film. And he wanted the character to have a bald head. And Richard had this big schlock of dark, you know, beautiful hair, and he was a little nervous about doing that because it was just coming up to where uh, all the actors go in and audition for, uh, for television series and stuff. So he was a little nervous about doing it, but he went ahead and did it. He shaved his head. Well he went and still did the auditions and everything. Went to the audition for Night Court. They love the bald head.
0: (laughs) And it worked out for him.
1: Yeah, and he's cast as Bull Shannon in Night Court for, what, six, seven years or whatever?
2: Good gig. To which, that's the thing that I've been revisiting a lot lately because I have introduced my son to Night Court. And since it's available on Freebie, you can watch every season, and we're just eating that up every time uh, he's here with me. Nice.
1: That's another one I, I was watching for a little bit, and then uh, fell off the wagon there, and I got my attention got drawn to
0: other things.
1: <laughs> Rick, have you been doing? Any, been up to anything interesting?
0: Oh man, uh, there's a writer strike going on right now. Yes, I think oh, I yeah, heard there that somewhere, but no
2: one's yeah. writing about
0: it. Possible, <laughs> possible strikes on the horizon. Oh, more? Uh, yeah. Well, you know the Directors Guild is supposed to be up at the end of June. And they voted to approve a strike, but they just announced two days ago that they think they have a tentative deal reached, so that might not happen. But SAG is next, and they're up at the end of June as well. Wow. They just announced they voted to approve a strike, so that could happen. Uh, The show I'm on was almost over, so they're going through and finishing up for a little while longer, and then the one I was supposed to be on is shut down. So mm. I might have a little bit longer summer than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I I'm hoping they uh
1: they are able to work something out and I do agree that oh, these people with the craziness that's going on with the streaming and the AI and everything, they yeah. Yeah. they they need their money. I mean, they are the entertainment. They are
0: how this stuff gets to the screen. Apparently one of the things that the directors guild reached was like a pay increase on overseas streaming. Oh, interesting. Something like that, you know, like unprecedented numbers for foreign sales. So hopefully it's a, a flag that we're headed in the right direction.
1: I hope so, and hopefully. And another reason I want to see all this stuff worked out is I do not want to see another just rash of nothing but reality television flooding every because that's what happened last look. time. All yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, need he a beat so to beat
2: me to that. I really don't want this to be the second rise of that. No, I despise
1: reality
0: television. I'm right there with you guys.
2: I mean, with the the various guilds, uh, streaming was in. It was going to be a sticking point for everyone. I mean, ever since the uh, the pandemic initiated the transition from theater straight to streaming and you had blockbuster movies where actors were promised a certain amount of their income would be take on that and you took it out of the... It never went to the theater. You essentially said, hey, guess what? Thanks for doing that movie. You're not getting paid. That's yeah. kind of crap.
0: <laughs> it is, and the the other thing is, we don't know their their big claim is we don't know how much we're making. Yes, you do. They just yes, don't release do. numbers because they don't want anyone else to know. Yeah, how much, exactly. How much it is being watched and how much it isn't, which is so strange to even think about. Thirty years ago, everyone knew how much something was being watched or not.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, well, come on, this is literally a a cloud sourced. Thing where they get literal metrics every time any one of us stops even on the icon, let's, let alone.
0: Their problem is it's all subscription-based. So, yes, people are watching, but they don't know how much a show is making because that person is watching a lot of things for their $8 a month or whatever. So they don't really oh, know how to great. quantify it. You know, like, did this show bring in new subscribers or did it just keep subscribers or not and that's what they don't know but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that's just a math problem <laughs> <laughs> you still know how many views something has that's the that's the information you should be putting out exactly yeah yeah exactly if you got a show on your service
1: yeah if you got a show on your service and it's bringing in just millions of views then there's a good chance that that's a good reason why people are paying their 8 10 bucks a month the, the people behind that show, they need to get their cut.
2: I, I find it funny too, that just as all of these various guilds are getting to their contract negotiations is also the same time that the streaming services all retracted the, the number of shows that they had going out period.
0: Right. You wonder if, yeah, how much that was planned.
2: Because that happened before Rider strike started, so they were already retracting their 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 right. overall catalog.
0: Tinfoil hat over there, Tom.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't take a rocket science <laughs> to read the tea leaves and start going. All right, we may have to produce less because we're going to have to pay more. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen.
1: Well, it maybe that's it will be a, end up being a good thing. I mean, you got. Uh, powerhouses like Netflix that are just, oh, you got an idea? Sure, we'll make yeah.
0: a series. I mean, they might cancel it. It seems like 80% of what they turn out, no one watched before they even put it on the service.
2: I find it funny what other new net um, services keep coming out of it. Like MGM Plus came out of this just like what, this year? Maybe last year? I don't, I,
0: never, I didn't even I remember when they
2: entered the market,
0: but. I thought MGM stuff was going to Amazon.
2: It, it was, and then they they started their own service. So now on Amazon, if you want to continue to watch certain things,
0: oh, they have a little premium pay. You
2: now have to sign up for MGM Plus, and it's its own thing unto itself. Because mm. yes, uh, uh, on the on Amazon showing, there was a series I consumed very quickly. It was very good. It's called From, and. I consumed the first season, not realizing the second season was literally starting a week from the time that I started mm. the first season. Like, but now you have to pay for that.
0: So, right, hmm. yeah, that's how they get you—is watch season one for free, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's, Suck it's, you in, and then I end up paying for every season of, season of Outlander because my wife has to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Never even watched an episode. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I could say I've uh, yet to watch a single episode of that show.
0: (laughs) But I know all about it. I tell you what.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tom, anything else besides uh, the night court binge?
2: Mostly night court binge. And, well, eh, because of what I do uh, as my day job, now is the busy time. Universities do their IT departments do all their work during the summer. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, if no one else has any other uh, news or anything they've been or anything they want to talk about, we will go ahead and take a short break. And when we get back, we are going to jump in the driver's seat of 2008's Speed Racer.
2: Ahoy! My name is Adam. And I'm Nick. And this is the Bottom of the Stream podcast. A never-ending quest to find hidden movie gems on Netflix. <laughs> uh, every week we watch a random movie that we find on the stream and we talk about it for about an hour. Uh, yep, yeah, as well as that we round up the news of the week and uh, we usually mention what we've been watching at the top of the stream. Yeah, so if you're into Netflix and you enjoy watching stuff on there, give us a listen. Join us aboard our podcast boat. As we navigate the perilous water. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Your son seems to be interested in only one thing.
2: All he talks about,
0: all he seems capable of thinking about, is automobile racing.
2: Racing's everything. For my family, it isn't just a sport. It's way more important than that. It's like a religion. Are you ready to become a real race car driver?
0: Then sign
2: that contract. He's just trying to scare you, son.
0: What you do behind the wheel of a race car has nothing to do with business.
2: You walk away from me, you walk away from this deal, no matter how well you drive, you won't win, you won't place, I guarantee you right now you won't even finish the race. You think you can drive a car and change the world? It doesn't work like that. Maybe not,
0: but it's the only thing I know how
2: to do and I gotta do something. Move it, Speed, it's
0: getting ugly out there. It wasn't my idea.
1: Oh, no. It was his.
0: He's going to be very good. No, he's going to be the best if they don't destroy him first.
1: Speed Racer is a 2008 action film directed by the Wachowskis. It is based on the 1960s anime of the same name. It stars Emile Hirsch as Speed Racer. Christina Ritchie as Speed's girlfriend Trixie. John Goodman and Susan Sarandon as Pops and Mom Racer. Uh, Paulie Litt rounds out the family as younger brother Spridal. And Matthew Fox appears as Racer X. When a big corporate mogul of Royalton industry tries to buy up Racer Motors, Speed, Pop, Mom, Younger Brother Spraddle, and mechanics Sparking and all, Speed has to make some hard choices. Eventually, turning down the opportunity, Royalton sets out to destroy Racer Motors through bogus lawsuits. With the help of an inspector from an intelligence agency corporate crimes division and the mysterious Racer X, Speed sets out to beat Royalton and everyone else in the Casa Cristo 5000 a cross-country rally that was the very race that seemingly took Speed's older brother's Rex life. Did up to Speed and Racer X to battle Royalton's drivers and prove that Royalton is the crook he is in order to save Speed's family from ruin. I read that Warner Brothers actually attained the rights to the to a live-action version of the property as far back as 1992, mm-hmm. and then it went into the uh, typical development hell. <laughs>
0: Well, everything you just said for that plot made no sense to me. I and I watched it, and I still don't know what you just were talking about. Well, what are uh, you talking I, about? The,
2: the thing I, I, I loved about that description is, is, on its face, I'm like, why Why do I want to watch a movie about a company suing a, a local?
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna talk to. I'm gonna talk about that more later. But I cut you off. I cut you off. So this was a development hell. At some point. Yes. So, okay, so so when did they have the rights?
1: 1992. Okay, because one I was brothers. thinking,
0: uh, this is John Goodman's second Hanna-Barbera
2: movie. Ah! <laughs> and that was right
0: around that time that Flintstones came out, right? Was that like 93, 94? I think that's got to be about right. I wonder when he got attached and if he was always attached from the beginning, based on based on that. You
2: think they always wanted him for Pops?
0: He seems like a hanna Barbaric character in real life. There you go. <laughs> That's true.
2: That is fair.
1: Producer Joel Silver got on board, and he's the one that brought in the Wachowskis, who he had worked with on V for Vendetta and the Matrix trilogy. And then uh, visual effects designer John Gaeta, uh, who had just recently won an Academy Award for the best visual effects for The Matrix, was brought in to help conceive the look of Speed Racer. And producer Joel Silver described Speed Racer as a family film, with a with Chowski's goal to reach a wider audience. But however, the, the directors took the film in a, sort of an avant-garde direction and said, quote, Okay, we're going to assault every single modern <laughs> aesthetic with this film. And that,
0: that's what I got for this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, there should have been a warning right out of the gate, yeah, uh, not for epileptics. No. This movie is a complete assault. They needed to almost figure out how to offend you uh, the sense of smell, because that was about the only one that was (laughs) left out.
0: (laughs) It's like, I I don't do drugs, but I have to imagine this is what being on speed is like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to think being high might help.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that the Wachowskis had this this idea they were trying to go for the broader audience they they literally did they they took this because they wanted to like branch out not just do the the uh, the adult oriented action films like uh-huh. matrix and v for vendetta and everything and they really thought oh we can go and do this we can make it bright and colorful and, and like an art film and everything and they're like and the kids will get it
0: the kids will get it, and also an older, like the older, older audience would get it because they're all Speed Racer fans from when they were kids.
1: Well, see, that's what's funny is I think that the kids aren't going to go to see Speed Racer if <laughs> it really feels like an older person's movie because yeah, of how yeah. old the property is. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally.
2: Well, and here's the thing. Uh, I'm not trying to slight it in any way. But growing up, I was familiar with Speed Racer being on. I wasn't familiar with anyone that was a
0: fan of Speed Racer. No, I knew what it was, but I never watched it.
2: I don't. Th- I think I might have tried to
1: watch it, but I remember, and I was actually hoping one of you may have actually seen some of the shows to correct me if I was wrong. I know you
0: were going to say. Was there a monkey in it?
1: I know. I do know there was a oh, monkey. Okay. There was a monkey. <laughs> but I remember it being that... Um, it's sort of an example of where like like the, the uh you always see like just the exaggerated um stereotype of a a japanese cartoon
0: where we yeah. looks like this and it, and it it was sort of japanese anime yeah yeah it was kind of like that what i remember yeah
1: that's what i got from speed race and i'm like i'm not watching that
0: <laughs> uh-huh yeah i was watching some hanna barbera stuff at that age even though it was later like i was big into scooby doo and there oh, was yeah. a there was another uh, like racing cartoon. What was that? Where it was like Cannonball Run except with Hanna Barbera characters.
2: Oh sure. Um, oh, it, had, it had like all the characters. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that like the
0: wack, wacky racers or something like? that? Loved that, that one. Uh, watched a bunch of Jetsons, and for some reason, this one never like made its way into into my life. So I don't know. And by the way, I'd never seen this movie before at all, which oh, is probably really? why I asked to come uh, to come on for this one because I needed an excuse to finally watch it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you because that's kind of – I'm in the same boat. It was a, one that's been on that imaginary I-need-to-watch-this list. I was always that like, oh, man, crows. that's a
0: Wachowskis. They did, like, The Matrix, man. I was a teenager when Matrix came out. That was the best thing that had ever happened. And I've never watched this one, but why? Because it felt like – I felt like Transformers to me, We're like, you know, the Transformers movie's like, ugh, I yeah. just don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> it's well, not going to make sense, and it's going to be real intense.
2: You were good to go with your gut.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, this was a first-time watch for me. It, it was one I just had always meant to go back and check out just for curiosity, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. I didn't see it. it I didn't see it in the theater. I saw the ads. I saw all the promotions. There was you know, all those Speed Racer toys and you know, Hot Wheel sets and all that stuff and everything. So it was all over the place. But I just never got around to it. And it was. It went on this list kind of um, like, yeah, I've never seen that. That definitely seems like something that's a lot of style, possibly over substance. Let's check right, it out. Right, right, right. Um, Tom and, has a slightly different experience with it.
2: I seem to recall having actually seen this one in the theater. okay. I don't remember what the driver for that was, though, no pun intended. Um, But yeah, I seem to recall having actually gone to the theater for it. Maybe it was because of the Wachowskis. uh, Maybe it was because of, uh, um, I don't know, the camp aspect of it. But uh, yeah, I, I remember going and... The takeaway again which was from watching it again now is it's just a complete assault on all of your senses while you're watching it. This movie does not stop moving at all in any way mm. shape or form. Transitions are dynamic.
0: Everything's fast. The transitions are fast, yes. But every like literally when someone opens a door, they do it, they do it fast. (laughs) When someone turns their head, it's fast. (laughs) Like while they were constantly making me laugh.
2: Now, while it wasn't the high speed dubbing that happened with the sixties cartoon, because I mean, again, it was a Japanese, uh, property translated for an English audience. So that always went wrong. It's been going wrong forever. Um, But for whatever reason, these people in this movie, they're all talking normally, but everything Mm -hmm. around them is just racing around at all times. And even if they're not racing around, the camera makes them move around, and it's just like, stop. Just
0: stop. Last time I was on, uh, you guys were asking me about uh, what it's like to be an editor. Yeah. remember that? Oh, my God. Uh, I can't you're...
2: even imagine editing this thing.
0: That's what I was thinking while I was watching this. It would have been a nightmare because there's so much. And everything that's happening, you know, they shoot it all on green screen. Sure. I want to say, like, maybe 10% of this movie was actual sets. The rest of it was mm-hmm. just green screen behind them and animated. And you've got people who were – doing takes at different times whose faces are on screen and, like, wiping past each other. And how do you even decide, like, what to do? Man, it's so – they must have – you guys know what previs is? Have you ever heard that?
2: Previs – I think so.
0: Pre-visualization is a really popular now when they do big, uh, like, action sequences. Uh, but it's basically they they make the whole movie as a cartoon in really bad video game graphics. Right. so that they can just figure out okay this shot then this shot then this shot and they they mock it all up that way and there's movement and music and voice actors and stuff and they usually only do that for like big action sequences you know where they're going to have a third of it is full cg and half of it is cg and real people and then you've got maybe inserts that are all practical just so that they know they're getting all the shots they want but this movie must have been completely it must have been whole previs two and a half hours i bet you there's a version you could watch the video game cut of this (laughs) (laughs) and you have to have figured that stuff out i don't know how else you shoot it this way you know unless you have it planned
2: well and this is one of those where if somebody got an edit wrong um how would you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean every shot is a visual effect and it's not like a shot and then you cut to another shot and then you cut to another shot, like a normal film, you know, because it's all transitioning all the time. Oh yeah. (laughs) No.
2: Well, and what's funny is if you can divorce yourself from the overall, there's a few parts where some of what they came up with were a lot of fun. Um, while the racing is kind of over the top like what the hell am i watching <laughs> none of this could possibly exist in any real world the one moment where they were actually kind of working with drama and it took me a second and i didn't even think about it till now again the entire first half of the movie all takes place during one race
0: uh sort of sort of yeah like yeah, there's half of a movie. It happens in the middle, though. Mm-hmm. It's like from the from the twenty five thirty minute mark until the ninety minute mark, something like Actually,
2: that. Actually, doesn't it start right at the beginning? Because we no, start with no, speed. No, in the it car, doesn't. Don't I paid close
0: attention to this, Tom. The first twenty minutes is an epic. I've never seen anything like it before. Race happening where speed is beating his brother's best track time right race. but that's the and thing i'm talking about and it's about. In, but it's intercut with the all the flashbacks past, to what's happened but the big race right no the big race in the middle is the is the world cross country race that's the second race that you see see now, it's, now they're just it's all the, bleeding together it's the first race that gets him like on the map enough to get his job interview with the devil i right, forget what that yeah. guy's name was mm-hmm. And then he turns it down, and then they do the big middle race, and then there's the Grand Prix at the end. That's number three. So you get to see three and flashes of other stuff. But.
2: Well, right, but that's what I'm talking about during that first 20 minutes is you get most of whatever little story you're getting out of this it come right then and there so that we can just get to the the um, emotional crux, the fight with the big company and all that. But the first 20 minutes is the part that's the more interesting part. And I actually kind of enjoyed how, as he's going through the race, he's remembering everything from his past and, and he is, he's racing the ghost, the legacy of his brother. Right. And and some of that transition where you have his brother's car racing and you see his Mach five catching that, that, up to those points I kind of like that 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 had a nice little emotional touch to it but then we abandoned all that and get into the
0: corporate thing. <laughs> get into the racing it's funny I actually felt myself getting more connected at the the last third of the movie really about yeah what did I write down about the point where oh it was when you find out, quotes, for the first time that Racer X is not his brother. And he takes his mask off and you're like, oh, no, I'm not your brother. That was like, oh, okay. There's something else here. And then I liked the. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm about to say this. I liked the last third of this <laughs> the movie. <It> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm way more invested in this than I should be. I <laughs> can't explain why. I can't. You, you. But.
2: Uh, uh, spoilers. You did catch that? That is his brother, right?
0: Oh, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna spoil it until we got till we got there to the. Very- <laughs> well, I,
2: well, uh, well, that's why we oh. call them
0: spoilers. Man, so much, so much, just bananas! As soon as they revealed that, I was like, "Oh, you ca- facial reconstruction? He went that <laughs> far? Come on, Rick! That's so crazy, Rick. His name is
2: Racer X Rick
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so was he the brother uh, did they make that all up for the for no, this I movie think that's that straight was the, from the cartoon that oh, yes, okay interesting because i knew about i knew there was a racer x we no know there was, was and
2: it, it is his brother and i, I didn't know, I know that was part of had, the storyline i think there was enough story that they actually got to around to where uh speed does know that that's his find brother, out and, eventually uh, yeah I, 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 the thing I I always found funny about this and even what little I remember of the cartoon is the notion that there's like this there's like this spy organization for writing the wrongs of racing which is where <laughs> <laughs> Racer that's X this comes movie. from and you're like what?
0: <laughs> it was almost hard to believe that's what this was happening in the, okay Man, I don't, even, I don't even know where to start because there's so much I want to ask <laughs> about.
2: Well, see, that's the nature of this movie. Just start talking really fast <laughs> and talk about all of it all
0: where, at once. And then where, <laughs> where and when does this happen? Because it's, it's definitely Earth because I see American <laughs> money <laughs> at, at some point. And they talk about a cross-country race. But what country is this? Yes. Where they're yeah, in the mountains, question. in the snow, and also in the desert, and also in the jungle. Where are they? Okay. All in like a three-day race or something. Let me actually break in right here. This
1: is where I wanted to bring in. This is a great place. Uh, Pete Quint from the Good Beer Bad Movie Night podcast. (laughs) He jumped in. He commented that they they had covered this film a number of years ago. He says it's a heck of a ride. He says, I have a theory that the entire movie is the result of Speed's slow descent into madness as he tries to cope with the death of his brother and his crippling, undiagnosed, and untreated ADHD. Yeah, he has a drug addiction. And he sent me his little synopsis that he wrote for his
2: show. (laughs) Okay, here we go. And I kind
1: of, I broke it down. Uh, He had, it was was a little bit longer than this and it had a lot of little little, uh, bits and pieces that were part of the synopsis that I, so here's an abridged version of what he says. We open with the film making light of a young speed racer and his obvious struggle with severe ADHD, unable to read the words on the test page not because he can't read but because his brain's chemical imbalance won't allow him to focus on the task at hand. Yes, perfect. The first 15 minutes of the film incoherently jumps forwards and back in time, finally culminating in the last bastion of speed's reality with a television broadcast of Rex Racer dying on the racetrack in a terrible crash. As the film progresses, Speed becomes to gradually succumb to his mental illness and personal tragedy and begins to slowly spiral down the path to utter madness. Mm -hmm. Speed makes up an imaginary younger brother with a pet monkey, even though mom and pop racer are well past the age of bearing children. (laughs) Speed also believes that his childhood crush Trixie lives with the racer family.
0: Right. Where has she been? She's always there.
1: You may ask, but why, if this is his fantasy, doesn't Speed... With just win all the races and always be the hero. I will counter that thought with the manic depression Speed is also probably suffering that has stemmed from his horrific personal loss. The emotional ups and downs of manic depression are as addictive and crippling as any recreational drug and coupled with Speed's intense ADHD make for an easy explanation as to why he both wins and loses. It is equally stimulating to experience at, uh, all the highs of a victory as well as the lows of a loss. In the end, as he crosses the finish line victorious, Speed may have completely succumbed to his mental illness as his overstimulated brain is represented by thousands of blinding camera flashes. Mm -hmm. Speed takes his place on the podium and is handed the trophy while his entire family joins him on stage. A perfect ending that he will replay in his head over and over again as his physical body continues to sit motionless in an asylum for the rest of his days.
2: See, I'd watch that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you did watch it
2: Yeah you did <laughs> Did I?
0: Uh, too funny Okay Next question <laughs> Who Did
2: we have it uh, first?
0: <laughs> this movie This movie's rated PG
2: Yeah
0: How is this movie rated PG? They are constantly murdering people Like at every stretch Every one of those car crashes Cars falling on spikes All those people are dead
1: they do the same thing that like some of like the old GI Joe cartoon stuff and did is that in the background you see little parachutes. They they make a point of it early on in some crash where suddenly all oh, these little bubbles come up. Oh, I didn't notice that. Up. I did all notice these one bubble. All bubbles come up and surround the driver in a big ball, and that saves them yeah, from the crash. from
2: their fiery wreckage. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> if you watch all the crashes, you can see if you look closely enough, the where the driver sits suddenly turns pink or whatever it is
0: um, right? as, I, as still saw, I still saw I still saw adult language I still saw a middle finger given by a child I still yes. saw uh, what else did I see Trixie walking around in a dress that is less re- is more revealing than her own pajamas by the way multiple times <laughs> uh, so much so much of the stuff in here is like this is adult. Okay, the biggest one, though, is that this whole plot of <laughs> corporate espionage <laughs> to, like, steal engine, engine, like, inventions and... What kid is watching this and understanding what they're talking about? <laughs>
2: uh, uh, R- Rick, uh, I, I'd like to draw you back to the Star Wars prequels where we were an entire Senate uh, argument <laughs> for the entirety of the run of the three.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know what? Around the same time period. But this was even, oh man, I was like barely hanging on anyways, trying to understand, wait, who's doing what? And... What's the motivation? And wait, what was the secret deal that they made where the guy won the race and then sold his shares? What is happening? And this this movie has the same rating as Moana, guys. Think about that <laughs> for a second. <laughs> yeah, there
1: are some plot things that come out of just nowhere. Because, like, you're halfway through the film and suddenly there's a you're, you're introduced to like to the mob beating up some guy. Oh my gosh! Out, it's a driver and like
0: who is the this mob monster? who are on the back of a truck shooting Tommy guns <laughs> out of the slots like it's the 1960s Adam West Batman <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> cartoon music is playing the whole time. What I, 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 man I don't know I don't know what, what was. happening.
1: There's yeah, so that came s- out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> so many different styles. And- but then
1: that's the plot that you, that's the, like, thread that you then have to follow for the last half of the film. Oh. But it, it, it does, it feels like, did, did the first film end and this is the sequel?
0: You know what? It almost is two movies yeah. combined. Uh, they said the R word in this movie. Did you guys catch that? The R, the R, R- word? R- they called somebody retard in
2: this oh. movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they, they was did. like. Hey. Sorry
0: to the listeners. That's not a word that I use. Uh, uh but well, I'm come on, when's the last time you heard that? A...
2: But yeah, you gotta remember, different time, two
1: thousand eight. Yeah, I didn't even realize that the rating yeah, I definitely think with this I probably would would have just assumed it would have been at least a PG thirteen. <laughs> right. It must yeah. have
0: been right on the line. I would say a, P- a safe save PG thirteen, but yeah, times change, but it's not that it's not that old time. No. I know no. <laughs> 2008 was not that long ago what else did I have on here? oh let's talk about some actors yeah
1: you know before you go and I, I will say right now that's the thing that, that with this film is crazy I mean as bad shit crazy as this film is I think the cast I really liked the cast yeah I think they yeah. all did a great job with what they had to deal with and, and work with which they probably were
0: they were looking room. yeah they were looking at nothing they probably weren't even on yeah. set together.
1: I actually thought they were brilliant.
0: Uh, I especially liked the villain. I, sorry, I don't remember who that actor is, but he was so good. As soon as he shows up on screen with his smile, like oh, this guy is. Oh
2: badass. yeah, no, he <laughs> he was definitely a presence. I'm having trouble finding his name too. I, I I just had it up, but now
1: I'm looking for it again, and it was not uh, tree, It was Roger Al- Alum. Roger Alum. Alum him yeah okay. I didn't recognize
0: him from from anything else
1: it w- he it was not an actor I was familiar with I don't know if I've seen him in anything else but now he was great as kind of like that swarmy you know super sweet nice but you can tell yeah this he's a salesman not a good
0: guy yeah don't trust this guy at all
2: hey, I'm gonna add a caveat to this um, and, and it is one of the things that I actually found was kind of bugging me Um This is not a forgiving movie to the female cast. Um, No. Christina Ricci has been reduced to really terrible catchphrases like, Cool beans. (laughs) Cool beans. And she is strictly there. And I actually wonder if they did any coaching with all of the actors to get more of that Japanese anime feel Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. have them all make their eyes as big as they possibly could. Well, Christina
1: kinda comes with that anyway. She
2: does and I think that's part of how she got the role, but she didn't have a whole lot of meaningful dialogue to say. And then even when they 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 had her get into the race.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say is I appreciate the fact that they put her into the race for a bit and then at some point she was the one who was like putting the car together and was all covered in oil and stuff. It's Almost like that was a rewrite, like, oh, we need to get her doing something in here.
2: <laughs> and, well, and then every male character was vehemently against this happening, but they had no choice.
0: <laughs> uh, Pops was vehemently against everything from happening. He well, was every true. step of the way. He's like, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that.
2: Well, and he was supposed to be that hard nose, everything's my way or no way at all kind of dad. <laughs>
1: Uh but he had some character growth though cuz that's definitely the way he started out that's what tore him and Rex apart. Yeah. And when speed started going down that same road, Pops was actually like, eh, you know, hey, I'm 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 with you. You know, whatever however you want to play this, that's the way we're going
0: we're going to go. Now there's actually a little bit of character growth in Pops. I think you get a lot of mileage out of what you said casting good actors. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. John Goodman is just great. Anyways, well, yeah. Even if he's in a cartoon movie. <laughs> it's like he <laughs> it's like he brings more that is there, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and, and in the same weekend as watching Speed Racer, I also watched Matinee again. So <laughs>
1: mm.
0: he's, he's great in that. I love that he's film great just in for, that film. for him in that film. Um okay, so second John Goodman Hanna Barbera movie. Uh <laughs> Peter Peter Fernandez. I had to look that one up. He's one of the announcers in the first opening 20 minutes. Okay. He was the voice of the original Speed Racer. Yes. Mm -hmm. In this movie. You guys didn't recognize that. Yeah, I thought
1: that was cool, that cameo. And uh, actually, I think the uh, voice actress that uh, voiced Trixie in the original
0: uh, cartoon, she makes an appearance as well. Oh, very cool. Uh, Guys, there's a monkey in this movie. I don't know why there's a monkey in this movie other than it must have been in the cartoon. It was. Enlighten me. What the heck? Yes.
1: Chim Chim was in the original cartoon. He was the family pet or something. They just have a
0: pet monkey because why not? Yeah. That's what because you do. Yeah. Um, Crazy. There's Uh,
2: no explanation for the little brother or the chimp in either the cartoon or this. They are just kind of really terribly in the way. It makes sense.
0: It makes sense in a cartoon. You know, it makes sense in a cartoon. They always put an animal in there. But yeah. here, it's just like, why? The, why? <laughs> there's no there's no like tangible, like plausible Beep. reason this family would have a pet monkey who knows how no. to work on cars.
2: Be, because the hardcore Speed Racer audience.
0: <laughs> That's the only that reason why. because he was for there
1: this before. Film. We can't take him out. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine the backlash had they not
0: put Chim Chim, Chim in Chim's this Chim Chim's not in this movie. <laughs> what about uh, Racer X, guys? I miss Matthew Fox.
1: Matthew Fox was great in this film. I actually kind of wanted a Racer X movie.
0: What happened to that guy? I looked him up. He hasn't been in anything since like 13 years or something. Wow,
2: really? Did maybe he have maybe some, the uh, conclusion of Lost just wiped him out.
0: I think he <laughs> mm-hmm. had some uh, put possible sexual allegation trouble.
2: Oh, well, that'll do it too.
0: Which ultimately went away. Like he was, it never, nothing ever came of it. But hmm. maybe that was enough to just, like, put him in hiding. Well, I miss that guy. Uh, I wish he was in – I think he was in something recently. But, of course, there's, like, other actors that kind of fill that hole, I guess. Maybe that's why his,
2: it, it, we already it, have it, him in other it, ways. It, it's the tall, chiseled jaw uh, pretty guy. Uh, you can find other ones of them.
0: Um, what's the What's the guy from The Office? He, like, takes all those roles now, right?
2: <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs>
1: I'd like to see like Matthew Fox. If he can't get like major Hollywood work, you know, start putting him in the Rick, start seeing about him doing yeah. some independence. No you
0: joke. Know, he needs the work. That's what you should be doing.
2: Yeah. The that's how you get him back. Mm hmm.
0: This movie came out like four or five years after Spy Kids. There yeah. was like a run there of this kind of thing, right?
2: Oh the the hyper CGI movie yeah, where yeah. where
0: like we know it's not real you know right. it's not real it's part of the fun
2: Yeah it's people in a cartoon Yeah well they
1: even went to the uh, the trouble in this film to um really kind of make it flat you mm-hmm. like you notice the the backgrounds and the foreground all feel l-
0: like 2D pretty
1: much like like 2D it, it's like a, a a cell it looks like a cell animation mm-hmm. Yeah yeah uh, and they did that on purpose. I mean, that wasn't a uh, a mistake or or a a symptom of the CG yeah, they were yeah. using. That was intentional.
0: It's weird. Sometimes I could I could tell you I liked how it looked, and there were other scenes where I was like, "Oh no, I really don't like it. It looks so cheap. It looks like Spy Kids to me." If you could call them slower moments when
1: they're at the uh, the racer motors home yes. and stuff like that, that's where it feels like.
0: Well, that looked like a real set to me, actually. I think that might really. Been. I think I think a lot of that still felt green screen. To me. Oh man, okay, interesting. Yeah,
2: interesting. I, I caught moments where they feel more like a body hovering in space than mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. physically
0: there. Um, I worked on a little bit of Robert Rodriguez's stuff, not the Spy Kids stuff, but uh, a lot of times they will build like partial sets, so they'll mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. like bookcases and stuff, and then in this direction it's all green screen. So yeah. it's probably a it's in truth it's probably a mix of all that yeah
2: no like sure. i got the impression if they're sitting around the table the tables there the chairs are there they're there and
0: or they'll have like a couch sitting in the background you know right up
2: but but then everything else must be painted green so that they can just get that that pure texture of just flat colored paint every single time that that look like somebody is has, uh, painted a
1: cell. They did construct uh, a number of of the vehicles.
0: Oh yeah, I bet the cars were filming real.
1: and actually actually had so they could have the actors in the vehicle and then have the vehicle like attached to a gimbal. Yeah, for and it would like movement. turn around,
0: spin and stuff.
1: Yeah, so like uh, the Mach Five and I, I'm pretty sure like uh, Racer X's uh, car and there may have been one or two others. So I I thought that was kind of cool and a, and a nice little attention to detail and it's something you get to drag around to conventions
0: (laughs) yeah true but yoshi and mario they were all those are all cg characters (laughs) princess peach
2: (laughs) well if if i may be so bold since this is a racing movie and all that i I just gotta say nothing is less believable than (laughs) Than the cars going around or that any human being of any caliber could could possibly conceive of the kind of movements that they have to make to safely make it around one of these tracks.
0: I asked earlier where did this happen because I think it's Earth, but I'm not really sure like what continent even. But also when, when does this happen? Because it's like 1960s, sort of. Sort of. But sci-fi, because they're doing these crazy upside-down tracks, well, maybe it's, like it's the a video future, game.
1: And, you know, the future's gone retro, so everything comes around again.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and since you're on a Hannah Barber...
0: futurism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, i was starting to get weirdly connected to this movie about the time <laughs> he took his mask off, and then I loved facial reconstruction to pretend who it was. Why is Speed Racer drinking milk at the end of his race? All racers, racers do, do that.
2: Yeah, I missed that. You watch
0: part.
1: the end of any big race; they always have a big gla- uh, jug of milk. I thought it was champagne.
0: Nope, that was a. They pop a bottle open and spray it over everybody. They
2: they do do that, but then they guzzle the milk.
0: Man, I'm embarrassed for not knowing that.
1: Sorry, I I don't know where that uh, that tradition uh, started from, but it is there. You'll see it oh, at okay. the end of all of like the Indy 500.
0: That's legit, then. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally legit. Uh what else you guys got about this? And I'm it runnin- does a body good. <laughs> it does do a body good. <laughs> I'm running out of thoughts for this movie though. What else what else? What
2: You're not hitting these schizophrenically enough. You got <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just gotta say, I don't even know if I liked it or not. I can't tell. Oh, right. I'm pretty good about judging you guys do you guys do letterboxed, you know what that is?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Similar yep. to
0: like IMDB, that's where I go yep. rate all my movies. And I'm pretty good about knowing where I'm gonna land versus, you know, the general population. Because I'm always like half a star above what everyone else generally thinks. And I was like, I don't I'm gonna put in my score without looking, like I usually do. But I don't even know if I liked this or not. I'm just gonna give it a number. And then I went on to see what everyone else had rated, and it's like across the board, flat from one to five. <laughs> One and a half, two, two and a half, three, three and a half. It's totally split. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that quite did that before. Wow. Across the board. Sometimes you'll see lots of ones and lots of fives. Mm-hmm. People either hated it or loved it, or everything's in the three, three and a half range. <laughs> right. But, but this, this one is, one is just totally split. Nobody can decide. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just,
1: I just. actually ended up kind of enjoying the film overall. Uh, there are some, I mean... As far as some of the story goes and some of the uh, quick transitions where it, it takes you like a good few seconds to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah,
0: I rewound a couple times because I went, wait, hold on a second. I literally looked away for t- <laughs> like for three seconds and I've lost. How did we get How did we get here so fast? <laughs> I don't I don't mind the, the
1: nonlinear stuff, mm-hmm. but this does it in such rapid fire succession. You yeah, don't realize that really what's what they're doing. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. You don't really... It, it doesn't click that that's what's going on. Until like until, 10 minutes
0: later, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I think because I the third-
2: movie is in constant transition. You don't stay with a scene for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like I said,
1: in the middle when suddenly it's the mob and this guy's getting beaten up and you're like, who is this guy? And why do we care? What the hell is going on? And then Racer X shows up. And yeah, you feel like... Well, there maybe this is it. Maybe this is another part of the where they're pulling from the cartoon. This is the next right. episode, you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point,
1: um, but overall, I actually really kind of enjoyed it i I like the the kind of weird look of the entire film. It's I, definitely I kind unique. Of enjoyed that they kind of tried to kind of assault every sense that you had with it. I mean, on, on on my rating on IMDb out of ten, I, I gave it a seven.
0: That's great. I'm trying to remember what I put on Letterbox. I think I did like three and a half out of five. So about the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah, about the same then. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, are you going to say what? What do you give it, Tom? And what did you give it in two thousand eight?
2: See now in in two thousand eight, I remember that. I liked the experience of going
0: to see it, especially on a big screen. I didn't think that at the end. Like, I wonder what this would have been like on the big screen. It would have been insane.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a spectacle uh, at at that kind of size. So I remember enjoying it. But because it is the assault that we have all been saying, it's almost impossible to remember what you watched. (laughs) Right. Just colors. Yeah, it's a psychedelic experience, but I, I I challenge you to see, to talk to somebody who has been through a, a truly psychedelic experience to truly remember every detail mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what it, they had just gone through. And that's kind of what this feels like to me. It's an emotional roller coaster, a barrage of color. It's a kaleidoscope literally happening in front of your eyes. And as soon as it's done, it's gone. And that's kind of still where I'm at. so it's, It kind of makes you want to watch it again. It, it kind of does, but again, I can let decades slip between that chip, that area. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's one of those, uh, I have to have purpose to maybe even pull it up because it's one of those, like you pointed out, Rick, you, t- you blink for a second, you're going to miss something that was probably meant to be important. Uh, so... If you're trying to actually absorb it and understand what's going on, you gotta have to just blinders be in it. Otherwise, you're gonna miss something. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this is the uh, turn on and then the background and enjoy a movie. <laughs> Not with that runtime that it has either. I mean, it's no. almost
1: two and a half hours. So that makes it really kind of like uh, I, I don't have the time to rewatch this just whenever.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, and a but, a half, two hours of fifteen, and it was that's and it was two movies crammed into one. Yeah. So yeah. at a normal pace, this is a five-hour movie.
2: And just think, because we didn't actually resolve the whole Rex Racer thing, this was probably intended to go to sequel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, all the cast. Uh, from what I've read online were
1: really jonesing for a sequel. They were telling the Wachowskis write a sequel, write a sequel. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to, we're going to write a sequel. And as late as maybe 2012, 2013, there was still talks, but that was 10 years ago now. So right, I'm guessing we're not getting a speed racer sequel. I'd still watch it. I'd still watch it. (laughs) I would. Actually, if it came up, I would watch it. Well,
2: yeah, because this actually begs, and this is where I wouldn't forgive them if they actually tried to make it better than what we got. Because because it is the experience it is, and it is kind of singular in that, the way that they chose to handle it, if they didn't do it very similarly again, I'd be disappointed
0: yeah, you'd have to get everyone back to do it the same way because you want it to feel mm-hmm. like it. Fits. I want it to
2: feel like it just felt. Uh, yeah. it, it, while we're all picking on the fact that it is an assault, that mania—it's it, kind of like uh, what he was, uh, what they was talking about in the one review, where um, it's endorphic to even take on the mania of it all, mm-hmm. to have the highs, the lows—is as much the drug-induced thing as anything else. If they changed it, I wouldn't get the.
0: Yeah, that's the charm. Yet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the you, charm.
1: You, you couldn't
2: do like a, a
1: dark and gritty version of no. Speed Racer. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: would, not would, as a sequel. Work. You'd have it would be like yeah. it's, a, it's a brand new thing. Where do you guys, real quick, where do you guys fall on the Wachowskis?
1: <laughs> like the Matrix, I remember. You know, I was swept up in the original Matrix. Yeah, because they like came out hot, else. right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that one or came two, hot, and it,
0: then the Matrix came out and it blew everyone's minds.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the, you know the sequels, as I was talking about, the Transformers films, diminishing returns. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, did, I wasn't as crazy with the the what came after. Yep. Uh, v for Vendetta. I remember being really impressed with. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that film.
0: Did you guys watch the latest Matrix? No.
2: I did. And not, a, I, not a fan.
0: I, I was a bored. I was bored. So so bored. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, like, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. Uh, nope. Even Cano seemed like it made, he was just it made there.
0: less sense than Speed Racer. Believe it or not, <laughs> it did. It really kind of did. <laughs> and, it was, and it was way more boring. Uh, here's the one that I always go back and forth on: uh, Cloud Atlas. Did you guys see that one? Uh, I don't think I ever got around to that. Yeah,
2: one. I haven't gotten to that oh, one, and I wanted you guys. to. Guys, I mean, oh
0: man, you got. You know what? We're putting that on the list for this year. <laughs> It's man, it's one of those on one
2: show and he's now running the thing. <laughs> I know that
0: yeah. you I know that you have special requests for people to come back. I'm going to do that one again with you guys cuz right. it is one of those I mean it's not your typical it looked pretty movie, you know like CG heavy and stuff. But man, it is bananas and I don't want to spoil too much, but I see a lot of that movie in this movie. Believe it really? or not. Really? Okay. The way that they edit Things that are happening at different times, but cross-cutting you know cutting between them all. Ah, man, there are moments during Cloud Atlas, it's like another two and a half hour movie, where I'm like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. I've really? never seen anything like this. And then five minutes later, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then five minutes later, no, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And then f- 10 minutes after that, how did anyone make this? It's trash. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's you have to see it to believe it. It's just one of those things, yeah. like we the Matrix. We do.
1: We do have another film of the Wachowskis coming up on our list, Tom. We, I didn't realize that they directed Jupiter Ascending. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, that's right.
1: That's a bad one.
2: That's a
0: horrible film. But
2: it's beautiful.
0: There's some crazy <laughs> it looks stuff. Great. That's a yeah. that's a movie that ended, and I thought. Uh, this should have been a TV show instead of a movie, because it's Game of Thrones in space. It, Except yeah. you, you can't do it in two hours. And and give it justice.
2: You can't. Well, and that's made And while that was one of my uh, the reasons I haven't gotten around the Cloud Atlas, isn't that three plus hours It's long?
0: And at the time, I think that was like the most expensive independent movie ever made because it's not a studio feature. Okay, but it's still like a $100 billion dollar movie. It's got come on, it's got Tom Hanks.
2: I know, no, I've been. It's one. Tom of those Hanks want, plays but,
0: Tom like, Hanks plays nine roles in that movie. Everybody <laughs> does. Nice. It's worth a it's worth a watch because it is like just ridiculous, and there's nothing else like it. Kind of like this. So, all
2: right, all right, all right you cool. beaten us. We'll, we'll I've been wanting. I've right. been
0: wanting to revisit that movie because I need to give it another shot. I think. It's weird. These, it's weird, those two. I don't know. I don't want to say guys, girls. Uh, Those two filmmakers. There it's go. like they have uh, something amazing in their brains on like how to edit something and have forward motion always happening. And sometimes mm-hmm. it just falls so... Fl- I guess it's like they swing for the fences every time and sometimes it's the biggest foul ball you've ever seen and sometimes it's like a grand slam. <laughs>
1: Well, they see opportunities to create something really beautiful, but they do it with scripts that don't
0: really lend themselves to to actual um, enjoyment. (laughs) Well, I'm just super happy that Speed Racer exists, that this movie was made, even if it's not good, because it's one of those, man, somebody took a huge risk, and we have something amazing and it might not we might not even know if it's good, but it's there. It's there. Yeah. Someone tried.
1: Well, I have a few other uh listener comments if you guys want to hear those. Oh yes, please. Over on Facebook, uh, Cameron says that he says it's an okay entry with a very misleading trailer. So they definitely oh. caught lightning in a bottle here. Interesting trailer. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch the trailer. I don't remember. Uh, Nathan says it's a totally different tone than V for Vendetta and of course Matrix says very good pop CGI. It's too bad it didn't do better in theaters. I like that f- that term pop CGI. This is mm-hmm. pop art. That's mm-hmm. what this film mm-hmm. really is. And I like that 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 if he hasn't like trademarked that or if that hasn't already isn't like a term, it needs to you be. You know, it's
2: kind of got an Andy Warhol kind of feel about it. Mhm. Over
1: on Spoutable, Danny G says, "I didn't like all of the casting choices, but overall, I like this movie. Stayed pretty true to the source material. I think it. I think it did. I with the whole the Racer X, the the, the brother, the Speed Trixie." Um,
2: and if any of you have actually seen like the the classic transition where Speed jumps out of his car and yes. does that that little <laughs> camera pan around yeah. right side. out the door and yeah. the fact that they actually got Emil to do that scene. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. That was cute. Hard not to put a nod to that. And then, uh, over on Twitter, um,
1: one of the mics from, um, I used to watch this podcast, uh, says he still hadn't seen it, but he loved the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: great. Great comment. Yeah. Yes haven't Thanks, seen it five helpful. stars <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's a yeah that's all i got for uh, for this film
2: ah would you like something from the professionals
1: i am very interested to see what some of the critics had to say about this film
2: it's probably not gonna be surprising uh so uh over here at uh, the new york times we got a.o scott uh the little uh, nugget I've pulled from him is uh, where did, oh, uh, on just about every possible count, really, the moments of wisdom embedded in the dialogue, Racer X Racing will never change. What matters is whether we allow racing to change us.
0: Uh, the, best, ex- the best, the best, the <laughs> best. They say that three times in this, I think. <laughs> yes. Because they have to keep coming back to it.
2: But they 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 are as fatuous uh, as the kicky catchphrases Trixie saying "cool beans." <laughs> Speed's mischievous little brother and his pet chimp are annoying rather are 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 annoying rather than endearing. The mysterious racer X, Matthew Fox, uh, looks tired and grumpy and the teen idol charisma of the South Korean pop star, Rain, is wasted. Mobsters, detectives, sportscasters, and ruthless rival racers all parade across the screen, but none of them generate the spark of humor, danger, energy, or nobility that would ignite a sense of pop magic. Speed Racer goes nowhere, and you'd be amazed how long the trip can take. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i don't entirely agree with, with all of that but there is a
0: lot of good points <laughs> that he does make yeah most I, of those I, I, most of those races go nowhere because they start and end at the same place yeah well
2: they do and it's not entirely clear that they've ended
1: <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah i was a little confused definitely towards the end just, i was a little confused at one point Is was like, so who won?
2: <laughs> well, that first race, too, uh, while they're doing it, and we're doing all the flashbacks and all that, and when Speed finally just stops the car, I'm like, is the race actually over? Or is he trying to avoid his brother's record? Yes. i mean, what's, what's happening?
0: He proved that he could beat his brother, but he let his brother's record stand.
2: Right. No, I got that part. <laughs> but... But it did kind of – you're expecting all the trappings of the end of a race, and there was no end of the race. We just moved mm-hmm. on to the next thing. So
1: Right, right. Uh,
2: um, anyway, uh, going over to The Hollywood Reporter, Kirk Honeycutt, um, also apparently not a huge fan of this film. Um, I, I chose this excerpt. Uh, in this aggressively rudimentary emotional drama designed literally – around impossible racing car action, actors are painted into a cartoon world through CGI and vividly colored backgrounds as images move across the screen like shifting panels in a comic strip. The basic laws of gravity and aerodynamics aren't simply denied, they are totally repealed. This causes the sensation of being trapped inside of a 3D video game. And then the... it entirely captures the essence of I don't feel like any of this is real, but I don't know that that was the point. But this is where this guy was going with it all. Hmm. Uh, and then I'll wrap it up on my,
0: my favorite, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Always. This must have been one of the late, one of the last. Yeah, this what is, is he, getting toward the he end of 2012 or so. Okay, so he probably had some in him after this.
2: Yeah, we got a few more, but yeah, we're running out of uh, out of our friend, and actually, even on um, Roger's site, this is done by Jim Emerson. Mm, so right. uh, he must have been picking up slack at the time. Um, the title of the thing is even "Slow Speed Racer." Slow. <laughs> <laughs> One and a half stars. Ouch. Uh, yeah, not really not a fan of this. And then uh, let me get to my excerpt here. It's, uh, he ends the, the whole thing with Speed Racer is a manufactured widget, a packaged commodity that capitalizes on an anthropomorphized cartoon of capitalist evil in order to sell itself and its ancillary products. And then what he goes on to say is uh, corporate partners in the venture include General Mills, McDonald's, Mattel, Topps, Lego, and Target, who have furnished no promotional consideration for mention in this review. <laughs> I bet you, you dig up his reviews. He'll probably give something like Gio
1: Joe like three stars. Or probably. Something
2: like <laughs> yeah you can't take them all for what they're worth but uh but in all uh from from Roger ebert's website and this particular reviewer uh they um they were not fans
1: no apparently not no that last one was particularly mean spirited i thought
2: a little bit a little over the top, but kind of not getting what it is
1: no that's what it that one definitely feels like sort of um i don't know. I, I'm sure he probably loves the Fast and Furious films. Is all
0: I love the Fast and Furious films.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, Easy. I have yet to watch any of them.
0: Oh, Oh man. Just make now sure.
1: I'm, to, what, 10 films behind? Do, Do me great. a favor. It's all about family.
0: When you watch them, make sure you watch them in chronological order. Okay. Write this down: 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 3, 7, 8, 9, 10. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but where's the Hobbs and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, Hobbs
0: yeah, that one you could watch after 8, I think. Okay.
2: Because, <laughs> actually, that's the only one I've watched in its entirety.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a franchise that starts out fun, gets bad, and then it gets really, really good. Like, some of the best action movies we've had. And then it gets real bad again.
2: Well, and, and okay. what that does is it actually starts tipping itself into non-reality, much like
0: Speed Racer. Yeah, Things yeah. that start you're not, happening. You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
2: No, no. Mm. And and it's why you watch it. Because you can't see this stuff ever actually happen. Everyone would be murdered instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun to think that you can... And that's kind of what I got out of Speed Racer. This, it was a little like playing with your Hot Wheels cars. I mean, no matter what you did to them, your car was going to survive the ordeal. And that's what this was. This was big big kids playing with big cars, doing impossible things that no one can do. Like anybody who took their car off the track and said, oh, my car is flying now, was right in Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was just double checking when the fast, the first Fast and Furious came out. I tell you, two thousand one. Three dates, yeah, two thousand one. I actually three I wonder if when they started going off the rails. Was after Speed Racer. <laughs> I just you can't help but wonder if there's
0: some connection there. I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, the best Fast and Furious is five and six, and I can't <laughs> remember what I can't remember what years those those were. Uh, so maybe it was after that.
1: Twenty eleven was uh, Fast Five.
0: That's where they hit. That's where they hit gold. Five and six. Yeah, <laughs> it was seven. That was like, ooh, might have gone a little too far. And then they jumped, never looked back since then.
2: <laughs> this is when we started jumping buildings from one, or cars from one building to another. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, the long and the short of it uh, of our speed racers review is go watch the Fast and Furious uh, family of that's, films. That's, that's
1: what it's sounding like. Yeah. Uh but I, I enjoyed Speed Racer. I like it. Will I watch it again? Yeah, maybe, but I don't I don't know when and, and why. Yeah,
0: why yeah, why you would.
1: <laughs> right. You but I'm glad I finally to. got it. Fi-
0: I finally got around to watching I'm it. I'm glad I had an excuse to, because it was uh, yeah. fun. It was fun talking to you guys about it.
2: I know guys, we need to get somebody to re release it at a drive
0: in. <laughs> okay. I would go see
2: this at a drive-in. I would go see this at a drive-in. This is drive-in fodder.
0: Tom Tom would go rent a convertible to go watch this at a (laughs) drive-in.
2: Yes. On a a cool summer (laughs) night. Absolutely. That that sounds like an amazing plan. We should find a way to make that happen.
0: All
1: right. Well, Rick, thank you very much for joining us for
0: this one. Oh, thank you. Uh, Even talking about it is going to I'm so wired now that I'm going to have to go listen to a sleep meditation <laughs> before, before bed.
2: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, to our audience members, if uh, you have aversions to caffeine and cocaine, just watch uh, Speed Racer for at least a half hour. You'll get the same vibe.
0: Uh, but no, it was great. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I have a movie, Solid Rock Trust, you can go watch on Tubi or YouTube or Amazon. It's cool. Go back and listen to that episode you can learn all about it. But uh that's it, man. So fun. Yeah, awesome. And you are welcome
1: back anytime. It was it's a lot of fun to have a a, a third voice in the
0: seat sometimes. Yeah, great. And remember, yes, you don't you don't climb into a podcast to be a driver. You do it <laughs> because you're driven.
2: Oh god. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> on that note we need to end this show before he starts doing more <laughs>
1: yes no absolutely come back in a couple weeks our next big ep- uh, full episode will be on 2008's the spirit this is sort of a neo-noir superhero film written directed by frank miller i saw this once ages ago thought it looked great i don't really remember what i thought of the story itself so this should be an interesting one to go back and review i vividly
0: remember that i have started that movie three times and never finished it
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: so So i might watch it along with you guys yeah there
2: you go you watch it in spirit come back listen to the show
1: so we'll be back in a couple weeks thanks everyone for listening uh make sure to follow the link in the show notes to check out uh Uh, all of Rick Ives' stuff, and also check out where you can find all our social media links and everything, and uh, email us if you have any comments or feedback, timeshifterspodcast at (laughs) gmail.com We'll talk to you in a while. Bye, everybody. See ya!
0: Toodaloo!